some point we're going to really unblock these wells. So I want to be a church that's not the, the biggest, not the best in the city. I want to be the, the, the church that is best for the community. What is it the community? What is it the city need? And we're going to do something prophetic in a while, and, and I'm not trying to scare you, but we're going to really unblock these wells because I want to see more salvations. I want to see baptisms of fire and healings, not just in this place, because we get this wrong. We think the church, we're the church, the building, you know. We're the church. So salvations, baptisms of fire, healings need to be taken out with the church because we are the church. Over the last number of weeks, if you want to, you can put the Father's business slide up there if you want. Just to remind people, we are still going about the Father's business. And I've been talking about being God carriers and carrying his presence. And I want to keep encouraging you, be God carriers, carry his presence. But that only comes from an intimacy. Pastor, why do you keep talking about intimacy? Because it's important if we are going to be God carriers, presence carriers into the worlds and the places that we live, we need to get hold of him. Now, some of you have asked me a few weeks ago, I gave a quote about being God carriers or being about glory carriers. I found where that quote has come from. I'm going to read it again and I'm going to give you who it's from. So it's from the book that's called Being a Glory Carrier. And the author is Bola Adewunmi. Good luck putting that one up this week. <laughs> a lady who's an evangelist who's full on for the Lord. And this is what her quote was. And I wish I could have put my name to this quote. But do you know when you put your name to other people's quotes, you get found out. So I'll never do that. I would never put my name to somebody else's quote. So this is her quote. Some of you have been asking me, would you say it again? Would you tell me who it was? So being a glory carrier is being clothed with both the power of God's Holy Spirit and indwelled by Christ Jesus with all his attributes, likeness and behaviour. To carry God's glory is to completely reflect God's likeness. That's right. To reflect his glory, to reflect his likeness. The other week I talked about there being aroma of Christ. Do you smell like Christ? Are you attractable in your smell? Do you smell like Christ? Have you got his aroma? His attributes, his likeness, his behaviour. I'm excited about the city of Sunderland, not just because they've come up and been champions, and I am excited about that, and our house was crazy yesterday. But I'm excited because I believe, not just in this church, but I believe that God is ready to do something major across our city. Did you hear me? I'm not just trying to G you up today because I believe God is doing something here and we're going to stir some stuff and it's been stirred. He's ready to move and do something across this city. Now we've seen blessing across this city, but what I believe is, is that God is saying to me, you have seen nothing yet, son. You're starting to see me move again in a different way, but you have seen nothing yet. And across our city, the testimonies of 96, 97, uh, 1907 in this very place and nothing compared to what he's going to do. I believe this passionately over our church, over this city, the greater years are yet to be written. But I do believe we're in the last time, so this stuff's going to start escalating very quickly. And Marion brought this to my attention, that Cornerstone is a church that meets in this building in an afternoon. Done it for many, many years, and, and a pastor came from, where's he from, Teesside? missionaries out doing God's work, going about the Father's business. He's called Rob Joy. And Marion found on the pulpit this prophecy. Cornerstone, obviously, have done nothing with it, and it was just left on the pulpit, and I don't know why they didn't or whatever. But she brought it to me, and I said, we have got to get this prophecy out into the city. We've got to understand this prophecy. This is an exciting prophecy. So this was given on the 19th of the 5th, 19. And it says, this is his words. First time God's even given me a prophecy in a poem. And I heard this for the city of Sunderland, which I'll be prophesying on the 19th of May at Cornerstone in Sunderland. And this is what he said. And I'm going to contact Rob Joy and I'm going to do something with this prophecy. In fact, I was compelled that I might even take an advert in the paper if they'll let me with this prophecy. That's bold, isn't it? But the people of Sunderland need to hear this. The Christians of Sunderland need to hear this. So this is what it says. Forgive me if my rhyming is not down with the kids. 
But this is what the word of God says from Rob Joy. There's a rumbling in Sunderland and the skies are going to tear. As, a manifest, as I manifest my kingdom, come they'll see me standing there. I forever spoke my word upon this fruitful land. I sit and mock the scoffers who think they'll stop my plans. There's a rumbling in Sunderland and a heaven shall appear. There's a rumbling in Sunderland. It's a city I hold dear. I will overthrow the enemy. I will undermine his ways. I will do it all in a moment for I am the agent of days. You will see me in the media and you'll see me on the streets. You'll see me move the mountains and render darkness obsolete. You will see me throw my weight around in the city once laid bare. You will see the mark of authority and the heartbeat of my care. Sunderland, I'm calling you to a vision and a dream. I'm breathing life inside the barren and washing the streets clean. The move that's coming cannot compare to what was done before. The move that is coming shall awaken hearts and teach them how to soar. The move that is coming is a violent love that chases lies away and the people shall remember me, the agent of days. You will see that I have spoken. You will witness what I have said. You will hold the hands of the prodigals raised back from the dead. You will laugh again and joy will bring tears of this great day. My people will remember me and call upon my name. My people will speak for me and refuse to live in shame. My people will remember me, the Lord of heaven's host. My people will remember me for I am the Holy Ghost. What a word that is. And I'm, I'm going to get hold of Rob. I don't know him. But I'm going to say, would you allow me to get this out into Sunderland? I'm stirred by that prophecy, amen? But it's not just going to stir our church. We've got to stir a city. And I felt God was saying to me, wake up, O sleeper, to our city. Wake up, O sleeper, to the ways of the Lord. Got to get hold of that word. Maybe it was for us to find so that we could get it out there. But he's going to show up in a way that we have never, ever seen before. Who's excited for Sunderland? Who's excited for what he's going to do through the church in Sunderland? You know, I believe God is doing something new here, but I'm praying for the churches that are spirit-filled in Sunderland that they're on board too. Not just it's going to happen here, that it would happen in multiple places across the city. And you know all the churches between us, we could call them out. We have relationship with them, and I'm not going to call churches out, but if they are spirit-filled, I'm confessing, Lord, would you stir them too? Because Sunderland's got to be one for Jesus. But it ain't just going to happen through New Springs and through the New Springs people. Right here, right under your feet, there is a fountain, a spring water ready to burst in our church and across our city. The springs, there's pockets, there's ready to burst with the overflow. You know when the pipe bursts? It's a pain, in it? Get the bucket! Hold it there, love! Get that one! Something springs up and it bursts. That's what God is going to do. There's something underneath us that is stirring under these wells and there's pockets in our city that are going to burn. And we're not going to be able to jump on it. I'm not going on the floor. I'll never get back up. We're not going to ever be... They're just going to come up everywhere, springing up. That's how powerful God is going to move. And you know what? Man, the devil cannot put this spring, cannot put this river that's going to spring up out. Can't cork it. Can't put it back in the bottle. That's how powerful our God is and what he's going to do. Wells of water can speak of access and supply and much, much more. I want to tell you some things about wells this morning and then I want to do something prophetic with these this morning. Wells represent supply and provision. When Israel travelled to a place where God had miraculously provided water in the past, they sang, and you can see this in Numbers 21, 16 to 17, Spring up, O well! All of you sing to it. Spring up, O well! God's people recognised he was the one who had provided the water before and that he would do it again. We've got to understand in our lives, he's provided the water, he's provided the spring before, he will do it again in your life. Amen? He's not a God who says, there you go, that's your lot. He will prepare to do it again in your life and something will spring up. Living waters. God provided, but he will keep providing. Do you know what a well represents? It represents opportunity. 
How does it represent opportunity? It may appear small in size, yet it's, yet it's connected to a vast underground supply. This little well here could actually feed the whole of full well if we pumped it right. It just looks so small. But underneath there's vast, vast amounts. And today you know that the Father has already provided your needs. And you see up in heaven, he's got vast, vast things stored up for you. I just thought, oh, that'll do, Lord, thank you. I'm going to come down here because I can. But he's got things vast in, in his barns, in his storehouses that are, that are for you. The stuff for us as a church, the stuff for us as a city, but the stuff for you. Say you. Say to the person next to you, you. Point to them. Be rude. Believe it or not, God has got things stored up for you in the barns of heaven. Should have been some more amens there. Because I want the stuff from the barns of heaven. The treasure of heaven is stored up for you. And we think sometimes we just come to the Lord and he'll just, would you just do this small thing? Would you sort that? He says, I will. But there's so much more. So much more I want to give you. There's so much more I want to put on you and bless you with. God is our supply. And he will always be our supply. Some of you might not know this. And I'm not making this a big thing so you can speak to it. Jen's made redundant at the end of the month. It's okay. We believe God's in it. We do believe God's in it. We honestly believe God's in it. But when Jen said that she was going to be made redundant maybe a month ago, five weeks ago, we didn't panic. We, went, we weren't rushing around. I wasn't like, oh, don't panic, Mr. Mallorin. Don't panic. Babe, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to starve. I'm not going to starve, am I? It's the family. If they're going to eat anybody, at least they can eat me. And they've got probably four weeks of food. But we weren't in a state of panic. We were right where God wanted us. In fact, we just stood there and said, okay, God, if this is what you're doing, we know that you are our source. We know that you are our source. And God is your source. Whatever's going on, God is your source. Not your job. Not your inheritance, not the bonds that you have or the savings that you have. God is your source. And if he's a God who's resourceful, if he's your source, every day he will be your source. You know when they went for manna? They couldn't have yesterday's manna. Because today he was bringing something fresh. And today in your life he's bringing something fresh for you. Amen? This is how amazing our God is. Jen's got a job. Praise the Lord. But we weren't worried because God is our source. You don't need to worry today because God is your source. Wells, this is my second point. If I get through them all, I don't know. Wells speak of encounters with God. Firstly, grace encounters. One day, God found Hagar at a spring and instructed her to return home. Pregnant and alone, she had fled from Sarah's mistreatment of her. After Hagar's personal encounter with God, the, the location was named, Well of the One Who Lives and Sees Me. In Genesis 16, 13 to 14, you can see that. Well of the One Who Lives and Sees Me. I want you to understand this morning, whatever your situation, God sees. Not just sees, is concerned. Well, that just seems so small, seems so little. We, I believe, you believe in a God, is interested in the small detail. Whatever's small to you, or might be big to you, is small to somebody else. God's interested in what's concerning you. Sometimes we think, oh, God won't be bothered by that. He said, daughter, son, tell me, because I'm concerned. Get in your closet and tell me about this because I am concerned and I will be your source. Whatever the situation. I believe this. And you might be thinking whatever's going in your life is out of the reach of God. No one is beyond the Father's reach. Are you listening this morning? Somebody needs to hear this. You are not out of the Father's reach. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter what's gone on. Doesn't matter what the situation, the things that have happened. You are not out of God's reach. 
Should have been some more amens there. Because he's got you in mind. We might be faithless, but he's always faithful to us. The well of the one who lives and sees me. And this morning, he sees you. And I believe this as well. This is just a side. That the family members that don't know Jesus, our friends that don't need Jesus, as we call out to Jesus on their behalf, he's concerned about those prayers. And if your family don't know Jesus, but you are trying to live in the blessing, if you're trying to live in his wellspring, if you're trying to live in his, his constant flow, I guarantee you, your family will be blessed too. Because you've taken a stand. Because he's your source. So it doesn't just mean he's your source. He's your family's source. He's your family's protection. He's your family's shield. Do they need to come to know the Lord? Yes, they do. Do they need to bow the knee? Yes, they do. But if you are faithful, if you are standing in the gap, God will bless them. Amen? I'm preaching good this morning and I'm not trying to get praise, but the Holy Spirit is stirring something within me. Hopefully he's stirring something within you. The whales speak of encounters, grace encounters. We need to have grace encounters. When it speaks of encounters, we need to have worship encounters. What's worship encounters? You soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You walking down Roca and looking at the beautiful, beautiful scenery and worshiping the Lord. It isn't just about how we sing. It's about how we live and worship encounters. Some of the wells in scriptures were about encounters with the Lord, worship encounters. When Isaac arrived at Beersheba, meaning well of the oath, the first thing he did was build an altar. He worshipped first before his people, pitched his tent and dug a well. See that in Genesis 26, 25. When you worship, you acknowledge that God is your source of your supply and you're giving the honour and the glory that he deserves. Well, I don't want to come to church. Neither do I, and I'm the pastor. But you know, I want to be at church. I don't have to be at church. I want to be at church. And you know when I'm feeling rubbish, and I know that's hard to believe because me being super positive and I never feel rubbish and I'm bulletproof. It's rubbish. I feel rubbish at times. I'm not bulletproof. But you know what I have to do? I need to get rid of the kids in the nicest possible way. I need to drop Jen off somewhere. And I need to either put the worship on in the car or I need to come to church and just get in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes all we've got to do is get in the presence and worship the Holy Spirit. Get like David. I believe there was such blessing on David. One, because he had the heart after the Lord. Same heart. Because of the way he worshipped. Even in his sin. He worshipped. It's hard to believe that, isn't it? But he knew he couldn't go far from God. And we see David created something different. David didn't have the veil anymore. The veil was broken and torn in two. And David worshipped. He put a new tent up with no veil. We have access directly to God, but he worshipped freely. How awesome is it that we can worship freely? There's many that are oppressed in the world. But we don't have to be here. We get to be here and we can worship freely. And maybe this morning, the thing you need to do is whack some worship on. Get in his presence. Dig the well. If things are tough, you might want to go and smash the face in. I'm just being human. You might want to drop them off the pier. But that's going to have consequences for you. Get your worship on. Get in the presence of the Lord. I can spend time. I can feel really down. I can come in here. I whack the worship on. Singing my heart out. And when I go, I feel uplifted. The problem hasn't been solved. But something has been edified in my spirit. Maybe you need to dig worship back up in your life. It's a powerful tool. When it's tough, worship. When it's good, worship. David was so free, he danced naked before the Lord. And I'm not saying get your kit off now. This is getting recorded, I'm going to get in trouble for this. But there was a freedom, do you understand what I'm saying? 
I worship in the car. The people around me must think I'm flipping nuts. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Beep, 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 beep. I've got these weird looks. I don't know, as a policeman, you're going to tell me I shouldn't be beeping. But you're not a policeman anymore. You're free from that. Walk in the freedom. Beep, beep. But just worship freely. I don't care what they think in the car next to me. I'm never going to see them again. I tell a funny story. I'm running out of time. My dad was going to church one Sunday and this guy cut him up. What are you doing, you idiot? I've got my family in the car. Gets to church. The guy pulls in and comes into church. Dad's like, I am so sorry. Don't give a monkeys what people think of how you worship. Worship the Lord. Have worship encounters with the Lord. If you can't sing, you sing your voice off. You know, no, I don't know where to look. There's people in this church, believe it or not, who can't sing. <laughs> Go for it. Worship Jesus. I'm telling it this way because I don't want to look anywhere. You see, Isaac worshipped and he pitched his tent. When you worship, you acknowledge he is the source. He is your supply. You are positioning your well to become a place of encounter for generations to come. You heard that? As you worship, as you set your stall out, you're not only setting something for you, you're setting something for generations to come. This is the precedent of how we're going to live our lives and how our family are going to live our lives. Are you with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Next one about encounters is prophetic encounters. Years later, Isaac's son Jacob visited Bathsheba where he worshipped and offered sacrifices to God. There had to be a prophetic encounter, visions of the night where God spoke to him of his destiny. You see that in Genesis 46. We've got to have encounters with Jesus that change us, that are prophetic got to look for the prophetic in our lives because God is, is wanting to put the prophetic. He's wanting to give you that little bit extra, not just, I want to bless you. He says, I've got something prophetic for your life and for your family. Got to get to the well. Encounter him. Three, the time is ticking. The Bible speaks of wells of salvation. Prophet Isaiah wrote in, in uh, Isaiah 12.3, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The Hebrew word translated wells, and this is in the Strong's Dictionary, means fountains. Jesus met a Samaritan woman at a well, one of my favourite passages. And from that grace encounter, an entire city was brought to faith in Jesus Christ. He said to her, and this is good for us too, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In our generation, in the time that we're in, new wells are breaking open. Ways and means of reaching people with the gospel for Jesus Christ. This is all part of what I believe God is saying. I'm going to do something new. New wells are breaking and are springing up all over the place. He's going to do something new. These wells of salvation will result in great joy on the earth for the thirsty will come and find the water of life in Isaiah 55, 1. I don't know if you are thirsty this morning. Have Christ at the centre of your life. You'll never be thirsty again. There's a city that is thirsty. There's a, thirst, there's a city that needs feeding. Come to Christ I'm confessing this over our city, over our streets. You'll never be thirsty again. You'll never be hungry again. Number four, wells maybe from past generations. Isaac took his family on a journey in the land and along the way his servants redug the wells of his father Abraham. He called them by the same names his father had. You can read this in Genesis 26, 18. We haven't got time to get into it. A world that has been in use before, even when it has been stopped up, can be accessed again. Are you, are you hearing me? 
Maurice had a, a word at the prayer meeting. If you've not been coming to the prayer meetings, get to the prayer meetings. Not so I can say, oh, look, the numbers are great. Because this morning, we encountered Jesus this morning. We encountered the Holy Spirit. And there's wells that maybe are in your life that have been from generations and they're blocked up. They can be unblocked. And the life spring, the water can be coming back through again. Is there some wells in your own life that you need to unblock this morning? Some stuff that your generations, that fathers, that mothers, that grandfathers dug? Maybe if you unblock it, it would be the blessing for your life, the blessing for your family. Because I've mentioned already this small thing, there's vast amount underneath that's still waiting to come out. Maybe we need to dig the generational wells. Deep underground, the supply of water continues to exist. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about redigging a well? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because if He is talking, do something about it. Here's a word for somebody, might be for a couple of people. Where the water of the Spirit once flowed, where His power once gushed, you will see Him move again. Let me read that again. Somebody needs to hear that. Maybe two people need to hear that. Maybe, I don't know. But God said, say this very clearly. Where the water of the Spirit once flowed, where his power once gushed, you will see him move again. If that's for you, get hold of it, receive it and live it. Oh, Jesus. Through the waters rising up, God is healing through the waters. But maybe, as I've talked about generational stuff, you can't identify generational or regional wells that are life-giving. What if instead they've been bitter, full of poverty or barrenness or cycles of shame? God's word, I believe this, God's word clearly has the answer to that. It says this in 2 Kings 2, 19, 22 and Exodus 15, 23, 25. If you believe that you're generational, there's generational curse, there's, there's things that are barren of poverty over you. This is what the word of God says. For he is a redeemer who turns bitter waters into sweet. Did you hear that? Maybe you've got a generational curse. Maybe you're holding on to some stuff that's bitter. Maybe that's bring poverty over your life or whatever it is. This is what the word of God says. For he is a redeemer who turns bitter waters into sweet. Your testimony will be, God has healed the wells of generations. The wells of other forefathers. And when you get hold of those wells, when you get hold of this healing, that word that God's saying, it stops. The generational curse, the thing that's held you, the thing that's been over the family, it stops. Because he turns the bitter waters into sweet. So you've got the right, you've got the authority to stop it happening over your family going further. Karen, you have the authority to stop it going any further. That where the waters are bitter, they can be made sweet. And Lord, I pray that you would heal this girl, but you'll bring good out of this in the name of Jesus. It stops now. It doesn't have to continue in your family. When she's well, we don't need to be worried in a year's time it's going to happen again or something else is going to happen to the family because it stops now. And we take authority as the body because when one hurts, we all hurt. When one fights, we all fight. So maybe you need to hear this morning that he is turning the bitter into sweet. In your family, in your location, right now, a fountain of life is bursting forth. Did you hear that this morning? In your family, in your location, in your now, right now, a fountain of living life is bursting forth. Amen? Five, wells can represent the Holy Spirit. Wells represent God himself. He calls himself the spring of living water. Jeremiah 2.13 says this, They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that hold no water at all. See in Ezekiel 47, the Holy Spirit is often characterised in the Bible by water and the move of the Spirit can be seen in the river of life and a recurring theme throughout Scripture. 
over the last number of years, maybe in the 90s, early 2000s. Let's get in the river, let's get in the river, let's get to the river. It was all about getting to the river. And I'm not knocking that. There were some great times. Maybe we do need to get back into the river, get back into its flow, get back into the upspring of what he's got. Holy Spirit is, is moving. Jesus spoke of salvation being the well of water springing up into eternal life in John 4, 14. I looked at the Hebrew and I went to look at the Greek. What's the Greek word for well? That's also translated as fountain, as wellspring. Jesus said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. But you know what I love about Jesus there's lots of things. It's just not exclusive to whoever. You call upon his name. You make him Christ of your life. You've got access to everything. You've got access to the Father. You've got the golden ticket. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. In John 7.38, the scriptures declare the rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So much I could unpack here, I'm not going to unpack it. Number six, wells are a symbolic of our heart or symbolic of our hearts. God created us to worship him and he looks to our hearts to see what is flowing from us. The writer of Proverbs, Proverbs exhorts us, keep your heart with all diligence for out of his spring the issues of life. Things that are in our hearts come out of our mouths, don't they? Pastor, I read the Bible 24 hours a day, I pray. But it's not coming out your mouth. Because it's not in your heart. So the things that are in our hearts will come out. Good, bad, and everything in between. Oh, Jesus. The shepherd king in the Song of Songs sees the maiden as a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters and streams from Lebanon. In John 7, 37, 38, our hearts and our spirits can be wells where the Holy Spirit resides and flows powerfully from us. In Proverbs, it says this, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Proverbs 4, 23. Jesus said that what we speak comes out of the overflow of our heart. James says, does a spring send forth fresh water? And bitter from the same opening? Wow. I pray that from our hearts, through our mouths, the nature of God will be seen. And our every communication will be life-giving. Where God tells us that the tongue has the ability to bring life or death. You'd have to be a Christian to believe that. The tongue can bring life or death. That we would be a church. That we would be people that as we speak, that it flows from the overflow of our heart, that we bring life from our tongue. Amen. Number seven. Wells are places of divine appointments. We've already seen about Hagar. We saw about the woman at the well. We see in Exodus 2, Moses fled from Pharaoh and he arrives at the well. And Midian, there he met his daughters, met the daughters of Midianite priest. And then one of these women becomes his wife. Place of divine appointments at the well of God. He meets his wife at this well and his history changes going forward. The woman at the well, she met Jesus at the well and her life changed going forward. Maybe you need to have a divine appointment at the well this morning, at the river this morning. Isaac met his master's future wife, Rebecca, at the well. When you look at it, I'm, I, I'm fascinated to know how many stories are around the well, which means the water, the life being the... It's more than it just being a well. <laughs> I 
well speaks of divine setups for, for provision and opportunity. Not only does God provide the resources you need, but he is the God of relationship who will bring people into your life at the strategic and right times. Haggai 2 is a word that Gordon has brought to this church. It's a now word and we will share it more and more. The certain parts of that word have been played out right now. It's the fruit of that word. Key people, strategic people, people with gifts are coming right to this church. Now, I look around here and I'm like, Wow. The skills, the revelation, the things that God has put upon us. We can change this community just with us. Remarkable. I'm in awe. And, and God is playing out this Haggai too that key people, people of influence, people that are God carriers would come to this place. <laughs> you can trust in God for your father is faithful and has a divine appointment for you. Did you hear me this morning? He's faithful to you, and he has a divine appointment for you. Not the person next to you, well, the, yes, for the person next to you, but this is, importantly, for you. Don't worry about the person next to you, because he's got a divine appointment for them too. But this divine appointment's for you. Oh, Lord, stir something within us. Number eight, wells invite us to co-labour with God. A river flows over the land and its water is freely available to those who reach it. However, a well requires labour to access it. It needs to be dug and it requires the proper equipment. In the olden days, a bucket system was used to draw up the water. Today, there's modern pumps and technology and whatever else. One thing has never changed. Establishing a well requires labour and materials requires work you know if you don't work a well it will stop working some wells you have to actually put a little bit back in before you can start pumping it same with Christ maybe we've got to put a little put in so he can bring something greater out of us It's having a while of a time out there. I'm not sure who's running that, Jessica or Carl. <laughs> a well requires labour to access it. But I believe this, that if you are willing, God is willing to partner with you. Did you hear what I said there? God wants to partner with you. Me? Yes, you. God wants to partner with you in advancing his kingdom, in seeing wells of refreshment and rivers flow through your community and through the places that you work. I'll go back to where I started. He's your source. So when you partner with him, whatever he asks you to do, he's your source. He's the one that can resource. He's the one that can provide everything that you need for that situation. We've got a lot in him, you know. Pastor, I haven't got anything. I haven't got... If you've got Jesus Christ at the centre of your life and you're willing to partner him, you've got more than you think. More than you need, actually. Oh, Jesus. Do something new. I want to just move on a little bit more here, but... Some of these issues of wells, some of these thoughts of wells that I've had, if you start stirring some of these things, there's an, an inheritance for you to have. Why do you think that they redug Abraham's wells? Because they wanted the blessing and the inheritance that was theirs. So soon we're going to do some prophetic unblocking of these wells. Why? Because I want to receive the inheritance that is ours. Is anybody up for receiving the inheritance that is ours? We don't have to go through your family history. We don't have to have a solicitor chasing us down. I don't know what that TV program is, you know, where it chases you down and says, oh, do you know what you've inherited? Because of Jesus, because of what he's done, we have an inheritance that's ours. We don't have to have air finders come and find us. It's ours. It's ours. And it's ours for the taking. Who wants to receive their inheritance this morning? 
Because I believe we're going to see some things in heaven. But I'm saying, Lord, I want to see some stuff now. Please. You understand, you're catching my heart, and I believe we'll see a lot in heaven. But he wants us to see some inheritance now as well. He wants us to walk in that inheritance. And I'm going to ask you now to do something with me. And this is important for me. And if you get on board, you get on board. If you don't get on board, that's okay. But there was a word clearly given over this church that there would be wells of salvation, of baptisms of fire and healings. Now, I believe that in Pastor Mark's time, we've seen that. In my time, we have seen that. But God's saying, you have not seen anything yet. I, I, I am, forgive me, and this isn't about ego. It's not good enough for me that maybe last year we saw 25 people come to know the Lord in our church. But that's great, Pastor. Yeah, oh, I'm ecstatic about that. I'm excited about that. And if you gave your life to the Lord in the last year, I'm cheering you on. But I want so much more. I don't just want it to be ones and twos here and there. I want it to be every week that people are giving their lives to Jesus. Baptism of fire, we, we've seen some things. We've seen people being moved in the baptisms of fire. But oh Lord, I want so much more. And again, I've got to check my heart. Is this about my ego? No, this isn't about my ego. This is about the Holy Spirit empowering us. You know that that I talked about last week that you were like over dinner he's flipping nuts you never saw it well you should have got yourself here last week shouldn't you everybody else received the blessing I'm joking but Lord I want to see more of the baptisms of fire you know what happened in, in Acts a few things happened in Acts Firstly, there was 120 gathered in the upper room. And the baptism of fire, the Holy Spirit fire came upon them. Then things changed, didn't it? Things changed. They went out and things changed. You see in Acts as well, I'm praying for this for our church on a regular basis, on a weekly, on a monthly basis. It says in the, in the word of God, it says in Acts that 3,000 people were added in one day. I'm praying, Lord, would you add every week to this church? Would you add every week to what we do and what we're about? But you see, two chapters later, 5,000 people were added. Now, I'm not saying, Lord, send 3,000, 5,000 people, but I'm saying, Lord, bring new families, bring singles in, bring people from every tribe and nation right into this place on a weekly basis. Why not? Healings, I believe we've seen some healings. Well, we haven't seen anything yet. And I believe, prophetically, God put this on my heart, and this is why this is, this is getting to the point of this now, of why this is here, that we need to redig the wells of salvation. We need to redig the wells of baptism of fire and of healings. In 1907, there was a great move of God in this place. Right here, probably where we're standing, where you're standing. And I'm not saying it's holy ground, but God moved in 1907 here. But forgive me, it's 1907. We need a move in 2022. 2023, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and so on. But we've got to redig these wells. So I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Now, now is a call of action. We're going to put some music on. It's not for you to sing. Some music by Maverick City. Talking about promises. Would you stand with me? Would you, in your call to action, would you maybe get off your seats and come and pray over these areas? That the wells would totally be unblocked. Previous generations dug these wells. We need to redig them. Because I believe if we're going to be where God has called us to be as a church and as a people, this is very important. And that these wells would flow and flow and flow and flow.
The other week I talked about it. The windows of heaven are opening or the door of heaven. Somehow you've got to keep your foot in it. How do you keep? We've got to keep the open window open. I don't want to see healings and the baptism of fire and salvation and say, thank you, Lord, and now we shut the windows of heaven. How do we keep it open? And that's what we need to be praying for. That we're constantly seeing God move. So if you are willing, you can stay there and pray. You don't have to get up. But I just thought prophetically that maybe you would come and you would gather round and spend a couple of minutes just asking for God to do something new. For the wells to be, to be broken and restored. Now I could do this on my own. But we're not called to do it on our own. Hi, Jess. We're not called to do it on our own. Don't look at her, look at me. I can't do this on my own. I can, and I will, but we're in this together. Together we can do this. Together we are stronger. Together we can see salvations. Together we can see people baptised in fire. Together we can see healings. And we can receive salvation if you need it this morning. If you want to be baptised in fire, you can receive it this morning. If you want to be healed, you can receive it this morning. Put the music on, Sean. Just come, symbolically, come and pray for a few moments around these things. And then there's something else I'm going to ask you to do. Pray for the wells to be unblocked. Pray that people will be set into a new way with Christ. That there's a baptism of fire. People are healed. Because we've got to do things differently. God is saying, I'm going to do things differently. Are you prepared to walk with me and do things differently? And maybe you just want to pray from your seat. That's okay. And maybe as you are praying for the wells to be unblocked, you can think of somebody that needs salvation this morning. Maybe somebody who needs healing this morning. Together we are stronger. Together we can do this. And I'm going to make this public call now. If you want to know Jesus, He wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you. Maybe you've tried things your own way. Well, Jesus is another way of trying things and the better way and the answer. If you want to know Jesus, come and see me this morning because I would love to lead you to Jesus. But church, I'm calling you to action because I want you to be serious this morning. I want you to be serious. And maybe you're watching, you're not understanding what's going, you're uncomfortable. That's okay. Just sit where you are. Maybe pray where you are. But I'm calling you to action this morning. God has got to start somewhere. Why not here? Why not through us? Maybe if you want to be, have the baptism of fire, maybe you can come and I'll get a few people to pray. If you want to be healed, would you notify that you want to be healed and a few people will pray for you. Because I am done. I am done with church that just tickles our ears and gives us a good time of worship. I'm saying I'll stall out that this is going to be a new season for this church and for this city. Young to the old, educated, uneducated, from every tongue, tribe, and nation, you can pray this morning because there is power in your prayer. And as you pray, don't only pray for it to be unblocked, pray that it would be stirred. When it comes to healing, the pool had to be stirred. And if they could get to where it was stirred, they were going to get healed. Lord, that you would stir it up.
I want to remind you of this. Some of you would know this. 30 years ago, a pastor came to the city and said, this is the city of the king's high favor. Sunderland is the city of the king's high favor. Amen? Got to keep stirring that. My heart is moved this morning because I see a church that is called to action. I see a church that wants to stand and make a difference for the kingdom of God. I see a church that's going to do this together. I want to tell you this morning, you are not unworthy to get round these wells and pray. Your prayers are just as important. But not only unblock them, not only stir something up. See now in the prophetic God doing stuff in these areas. In fact, go a little bit further. Put faces on it. People in your streets, people in your family. Oh, Jesus. If you want a baptism of fire to come upon you, put your hand up in the middle, come to the middle, and I'm going to ask Ed and Marisa to pray over you. If you want healing, go to the healing well. Put your hand up and I'm going to ask Gordon and Marion and and Marjorie to, to pray for people for healing. Be bold. Put your hand up if you want to be filled with the baptism of fire. Put your hand up by the well of healing and these guys will pray for you. if somebody's got their hand up, Ed and Marisa, would you pray that they'd be baptised in fire? If they've got their hand up for healing, uh, Marion, Gordon or or Margie, would you pray for people? There's oil in the middle. Anoint them with oil. This is a new season for our church. This is a new season for you. This is the city of the king's high favour. Be expectant this morning. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, be expecting for salvation this morning. Be expecting for your healing this morning. for what you're doing. If you're visiting this morning and you don't know what's going on, I'm just trying to take a stand for Jesus. I'm just trying to move in what the Holy Spirit is saying and and I don't apologize if you don't know what's going on, but we are God's people who are determined to move forward. So thank you for visiting. We're not strange, we just believe that our God can and He will. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving. He's doing something new among us. Yes, I'll still bless Thank you, Lord. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of my trial, I'll still bless you. In the middle of the road. Thank you, Jim, for being the first one to step out and take the first one to be bold for everybody else to follow. In the middle of my storm, in the middle of my trial, I'll still bless you when I'm in the middle of the road and I don't know which way to go. Holy Spirit is moving in this place. 
Thank you, Lord. I remind you, I want to make the call again. If you want to know Christ, ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Please come and see me at the end. If your life is not on track with Him and you need to give your life back to Him, come and see me at the end. Don't miss this opportunity. Baptism of fire and healings in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In a few moments, we're going to change the song in a few moments to the blessing. And this is my prayer, the blessing is my prayer over you and over your family's life. And our services come to an end when the blessing comes on. So feel free to be in his presence. Feel free to go and get a tea or a coffee. But 30 years ago, it was proclaimed over this city. This is the city of the king's high favour. I said this a few weeks ago to Pastor Mark and Hazel in private. But the foundations that you have set the way that you've lived, the way you've given faithfully to this church, blood, sweat, tears, money. We're seeing fruit now. We're seeing fruit now for your faithfulness. For the times you wanted to give in and you didn't, thank you so much that you didn't. We're seeing fruit now because of your faithfulness, because of the way you served, because of the way you stood in the gap. We honour you. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit is moving. Feel free to go get a tea or a coffee. But this is my prayer. This song is my prayer over your family, over your life, over your situation. Maybe you need to get hold of this blessing. Because it doesn't say when things are going wrong, He's not going to bless you. Doesn't say when life's tough, he's not gonna bless you. When you're not where you should be, doesn't say he's not gonna bless you. There's marriages that are being ripped apart and families that are apart, finances that are all over the place. God can still bless right in the mess of it. And he will. And he will. Jesus. I love that word favour, you know that. That his favour would be upon you. And your family, and your children, and your children, and your children, and children you may never see that his favour would be on you. It only takes one person, one couple to stand in the gap for the family, for the blessing to continue on and on and on. One person, one person who's willing to stand for Jesus, one person who's willing to stand on the truth can change your generations and generations of your family, favour and blessing over their lives. Oh Lord, for more and more and more of this.
hear that? And you're coming and in you're going. And you're coming and you're going. He's going to bless you. And you're weeping and you're rejoicing. He's for you. He's not for me, Pastor. He's for you. He's your biggest fan. And our man is saying, we agree. Our man is saying, we seal that, yes, Lord Jesus, over our lives, over our family. Amen is saying, that is right. We agree together. about this blessing if you're involved with old people if you're involved with youth kids whatever it is his favor can be on them his blessing because of you this morning don't walk out of here without getting hold of what he's done in you this morning Sean just put some music on I'm just going to share quickly some notices if God is still doing something just let God do what he's doing within you everything this week is is on as normal I'll encourage you to Go to Better Together. I'm not going to go through everything. Our dropping cafes on, our shops on on Thursday. No shop today. Our prayer meetings are important. Please come out and pray at our prayer meetings. Keep praying. Keep believing. On June the 5th, we're going to have a Queen's Jubilee party service right in this place. Weather isn't going to affect us. 10.30, we're going to have tables set out. There's going to be bunting. I'd encourage you, would you bring cakes? Would you bring food? We're going to have a bit of a service. We're going to celebrate together. I'm sure we'll get the goal out just to please my boys. Maybe we'll do some face painting. I don't know. If you want to come dressed up like royalty, you can come dressed up. We're going to really celebrate the Queen. And you might be saying, well, I'm not a royalist. Don't come. I'm going to have a good time celebrating the Queen. She has served as well. I believe she's a godly woman and she should be honoured. Come and enjoy and have fellowship together. That's on, on June the 5th, half past 10. The only one thing I'd ask if, if you're going to bring food is that you list what's in there because there's people with allergies and, and struggling with whatever. Just list what's in there. Let's all play our part and bring something. Bring a friend, bring a family member. 
And then just one last notice, I'm sure I'll get the mic later and say there's one more and you know how it works. But for you youth, today at half past two, Sam, should be sitting here, uh, Sam, Ed and Vince are going to take you guys, if you want to go to the gym, you can go to the gym. It's Marine House on Sea Road. Now, you're going to be put through an induction. There's certain things you won't be allowed to do. There's no point, lads, saying I can bench 200 pounds if you can't do a push-up. Isn't that right, Ed? But if you are youth from, from the ages of sort of 12 up to 18, the guys will take you. If you want to go to the gym, it's 20 past 2 at Marine House on Sea Road. Even if you just want to hang out, it'll be for just over an hour, maybe a bit longer. If you want to see more information, see Ed or, or Vince. You might need to nip home and get your kit. But, uh, wow, God's good, amen? I am so glad that a wise woman came to me and said I'm switching the heating off. Has anybody got um, some scissors to help me get out of this Sunderland shirt? But I want to do this before you go. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're here again next Sunday at 10.30. Come for our encounter at 9.30. Be blessed in Jesus' name. 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 God's good, amen. Amen. Thank you, I want to remind you, thank you for your giving if you want to give. This will just help me actually. If you do pay tax, we can get the gift aid back. Now, there's some envelopes that get put in every week without a name on. If you pay tax, you've got to fill the envelope in for the first time with your name and address, and then every week just put your name on so that I can tie that up with gift aid. But God's good. He's our source. Amen. Keep praying.